I have these friends, Dan and Sheila. I actually, they're podcast hosts. Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Sheila this time. <laughs> and we are here <laughs> to talk uh, about the least profile thing we've ever talked about. Our beloved cop rock. <laughs> oh my God. And the thing I'm is, going. I know, I know. Okay, I know. Yeah. <laughs> It could be the least profile It's still a crime show. It's still a crime show, but it's not profile at all. Like, no, it's not. Not in the least. That's not and what, it's not yeah. serial killer I, either. I mean, maybe I, later. Unless. We'll find out. I mean, I don't remember this. I don't remember all the episodes. I remember no. a few key scenes, and I remember a bunch of songs. Yeah. Uh, and if you have YouTube music. You can just listen to the whole soundtrack right now. Yep, the whole soundtrack is there. Like 60 songs or close to it. Like, there's a lot of songs. Uh, to the point where you're almost like, oh, maybe they shouldn't have had that many songs. <laughs> maybe if you had dialed it back to like, oh, three or two or three songs an episode, you could have structured this a little better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Oh. Well, it, I mean, it's, it's interesting, right? Oh, yeah. Totally. It, in the sense that everybody's, instead of having these emotional discussions, yep. sing their emotions out. Yeah. And I'm going, um, the, the most wonderful one, of course, is the jury. Oh, um, my God. I love the jury song. <laughs> the jury song is just about um, how he's guilty. Yeah. You're guilty. And uh, it, it, the, so the jury song is is one thing. It's a really um, nice moment, you know. And I think the, f I mean, it it starts to get a little bit as we move along. I suspect it's getting a little harder because once you start to know who people are, yeah. because what's happening in these first two episodes, this music is doing the heavy lifting. Yeah, doing the heavy lifting. Because that's what music does. It tells you what the emotions are, It everything. So you've got the lyrics and you've got the soundtrack and they give you mm -hmm. um, who these people are. And the problem is that it's harder and harder as life goes on with these people to, to, to create more nuance. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's something I can we can see talk that. about And we'll afterwards. talk about it as it goes, right? Because we talked about, I mean, we only watched it once. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a reason why, for example, Buffy only had one musical episode. <laughs> yeah. And then everybody was forced to sing, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then they, and what happens when they sang, and this is basically true. The subtext becomes text. Yeah, the subtext becomes text. And the difference in Buffy is, unlike in a musical, and I know this is why people have a hard time wrapping their heads around musical, in Buffy, people were actually singing, and the other characters were hearing what was sung mm -hmm. in a way that does not happen in musicals. No. Yeah. When they're doing... Yes. Yes. In musicals, the other ca the characters aren't actually singing, and people aren't actually hearing all the stuff they admit while they're singing. Yes, like uh, think Greece. Yes, or any <laughs> musical, you know. 
Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, and it, it, it's up and down, right? Yeah. Because sometimes, sometimes people do, do like, if you look at guys and dolls, for example, you know, if they're in the bar and, yeah. you know, there's Frank Sinatra going, Adelaide, Adelaide. He's taking you know, a chance on me. I love, yeah. is taking a chance on me and the whole bar is there, right? So, of course, he's proposed to her yeah. and now everybody knows. Exactly. Right? And the so, thing is, in that case, uh, I, it's, it's strange to watch because narratively, like, he is telling his friends that he has finally proposed to Adelaide and she said yes. And it is being to, to show how meaningful this is for him. We are seeing that depicted as a song, but in the actual bar, no one is actually singing. Oh, no, he is in fact informing them. them of what has happened and they are reacting to it. And yeah. we're just seeing that expressed via an elaborate and wonderful number. Yes. Yeah. And I would say the closest to that is probably um, when they arrest the cops right at the very, they, uh, they arrest the, the guys at the very yeah. beginning. So, like, then that's a perfect, exa- you're right. That's a perfect example of the same kind of thing. Yeah. Because in that, like the, uh, they have come to bust up a quote unquote drug den, even though they only yeah. find like an ounce of drugs inside and some illegal guns, but they think they're busting a crack house. Yeah. And, uh, and they're like, Oh, we're really going to get these guys. And then of course the guys aren't really afraid because the cops are just visiting and this is their town, right? The cops are just the invading force that comes in and messes things up every now and then. But as they say, we own these streets. Yes. And instead of just a br- bunch of people screaming at them, which is what's happening in real life, it is a musical number. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is what is so odd. Because that's, that, is that the first one? Yeah, I think that's the so. very first, that is how it starts. It literally, the first yes. thing that happens in the show is the door being kicked down and, and everybody can round yes. up, including, oh God, I'm blanking the actress's name with her baby. Amanda Plummer. Thank. No, it's not Amanda Plummer. It's the woman who looks like Amanda Plummer. I know. I know it's needlessly confusing, but it's not Amanda Plummer. It's a woman who looks like Amanda Plummer. Okay. Now, was Amanda Plummer in Magnolia? No. And it was the woman who looks like Amanda Plummer no, that's who a was different in Magnolia. Who, that's a different woman who looks like Amanda Plummer. This is needlessly confusing, but a lot of these women look alike. This woman here, Kathleen Wilhoyt. Oh, okay. Yes. Looks a lot like Amanda Plummer. Uh, and she was in Gilmore Girls a lot, uh, because she played Luke's sister. Uh, right. Uh, Kathleen Wilhoyt. And then there's Amanda Plummer. And then there's the woman from Magnolia. And I think she was in Boogie Nights as well, who's done a lot of stuff, who also looks like Amanda Plummer. It's needlessly confusing. Uh, but yeah, and that's, it, it, it expresses the world that like these heightened emotions, you're going to be seeing in the form of musical numbers. They sell that idea right away with that opening song, which is, you know, it's not an elaborate song. It's not a big deal. It's just a little musical number to say, this is how this world works. We don't even really meet any of the characters to any extent in that scene. It's just a scene to show us what the world of policing looks like in the show cop rock yes and what i would what i would say i'm thinking i went and watched that horrible thing after this 
called Robin Hood. Oh, which is no. Technically not a musical, but the music there is, is a lot key of music. to tell you. No, but the music is supposed to yeah. be sort of evocative of the scenes and things. There of isn't course. a lot. It isn't. And it's so bad. It's got it so wrong. And I was going, why didn't they watch Cock Rock before they read this? They did this. Yeah. You know, but people think they're doing things that are massively innovative when somebody else has already done it more than once. 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and they've done it better. Yeah. You know, go watch Buffy. Go watch that one episode of Buffy. It is is a miraculously good musical. Like, for a show that's not a musical, it's probably the best musical episode a TV show has ever had. Yeah, because they're doing, because they create a rationale, a raison d'etre for for everybody to have to sing. Nobody wants to sing. Yeah. Plenty of episodes have done musical episodes. I mean, like, uh, the most uh, doctor shows do it because, you know, they'll give someone a brain tumor that makes them think people are singing. You know, yes. that's, that's the common thing on doctor shows. And like, if Bones, maybe Bones did a musical episode. I don't know. Probably. No. Were, oh, well, no. There were 13 I mean, had... seasons of Bones. I'm sure okay, they did I will tell you. No, they, they never did a music okay. video, except that they did have a problem with this rock guy who, um, and there's a karaoke. Like some of them do karaoke. Okay. Well, that's and not of this. course, then no, and it's not the same. And Boone forces, finally forces Bones after this. It was, it was one of these big rock places where some big guy is going to teach everybody how to, that they're all playing their guitars and they got to learn. It's a workshop. I understand the concept. Weekend. Yes. Yeah. You know the stuff. Somebody and gets there's killed. There's a murder and, there and then people, ha- they yeah, have to yeah. Sing. Yes. So no, it's not, but she does. She does eventually join in at the very end. Well, that's adorable. Isn't that adorable? Yes. No, but I'm just saying it's like plenty of long-running shows have done a musical episode. And Buffy's the best one, both because it's all original songs that are all very good songs. Yes. Right? They're all really good songs. Like, there's not one bad song in there. It turns out there's something else Joss Whedon is great at. Yes. (laughs) Might be great at too many things, this guy. Uh, but anyway. Yes. Um, Which explains scum, scumduggery, you know? Yes. You got, you got to be a real bad guy, too. Uh, so anyway, the, um, the thing that I love so much about it, though, is, as you say, they justify it within the world of the show. So you yes. can have the characters reacting to the songs and the content of the songs in real time. And it actually changes and affects their relationships, which... Again, in a traditional musical, the songs are how you tell the audience what's going on. It's not how the characters interact with each other. Whereas mm-hmm. in Buffy, it was both, and that's why it's so revelatory. Yeah, I think there's one. We're, we're going to come up. We haven't had them in the first two episodes, but there is one. I think, d- doesn't um, Ronnie Cox and Barbara Boston have one? I think they have a duet. That, yeah. yeah, that they at one another. Yeah. yeah. Somewhere I mean, down the line, not exactly. now. Exactly. So all of these guys have been thrown in jail. And so we yep. immediately go to them being kicked loose because there's no way to hold them. And yeah, they had illegal guns, but they weren't committing any other crimes. And it was such a tiny amount of drugs. Right. And there's literally, as they say, this is the tough on crime era. This is the crime bill era. 
they were locking up so many people that there literally wasn't room in the jail to hold these people. So everybody gets kicked. Except for the two women. Yeah, except for the two women. Because there's the, room, there the wo- female. Well, there's room in the female over. jail. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's room in the women's jail, which is nice. Uh, and this includes Kathleen Wilhoyd, who's locked up and is ticked off about it because she's got her baby with her and she doesn't want to be separated from her baby. Yeah, the baby was taken away because she was in the place during the raid. Oh, no, she was. She's a she was act. in the house. Absolutely. Yes. You know, she's, I mean, it's not, they're not, you know, subtle about it. She's a drug addict. Uh, she so. was at a crack house smoking crack with her baby with her. Uh, and we cut to the next day and some cops are out, including uh, Officer Rose, who NYPD Blue fans will recognize as James McDaniel, who would be go on to be Lieutenant Fancy, uh, yeah. our beloved lieutenant on NYPD Blue uh, and his partner. And so, oh, um, wait, no, no. Before this, we get, uh, before this, we get the officer, uh, Russo lying in court, right? Cause it, do we get guilty, the guilty song before the car chase or is it after the car chase? I'm trying to remember. It's after the You're car right, after. chase. Okay. I, th- right. oh, <laughs> you know, I think I it's, I think it's after. It's after because after we do course. go for a while without before a song. We, yes, before they actually catch the guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. because so we have the car chase. Uh, you know, they, they just, this car comes racing out of a, you know, uh, it comes <laughs> racing out of an alley and the cop's like, well, that's enough reason to pull him over. So they go to pull him over and this leads to a car chase and a guy in the car. Uh, shoots one of the cops, shoots detect, uh, sorry, Officer Rose's partner to death. And they arrest the driver of the car, but the other guy gets away. Mm-hmm. Right? And this is the key part. We then cut to Russo testifying on the stand against somebody and uh, pretending that he was recently shot because the town is so full of crime. So we are introduced to this character lying on the stand to get a conviction. Yes. And just, it's just uh, so you know who he is. Yeah. So the prosecutor is so bent out of shape because he skipped court the day before. Yeah. And then, you know, his boss set, tells you be in court today. So he is. And mm-hmm. then he goes to the bathroom and, and, and waves this cloth at, at, at the prosecutor. <laughs> it's a nice scene. Like it really yeah. I mean, is. it's a nice scene, but he then. Of course, just, well, you know, here's, here's the issue, of course. And I thought about that. This is why it's so well done. Bochco yeah. knows what he's doing mm-hmm. is that it's always this problem of never ask questions. Yeah. If you don't know what well, the that, answer yeah, is going you don't to know be, what the answer is going to be. If you think it is going to, um, alienate the jury from your this witness mm-hmm. and of course what happened is is that of course russo peter Honorati, was ready for it yeah of course he was ready for it he went through it he did a whole shtick and yeah. the poor defense lawyer is sitting there going oh shit should have never asked the question <laughs> it's basically you open the door it. yeah you open the door once you ask a question because he wants to shut him up mm-hmm. and the judge just looks at him and says no no 
He can go you on. Asked you, him. you asked you. He didn't have to say anything. He just shrugged his shoulders and said, yeah. "You asked it. He's <laughs> giving you an answer." Um, yeah, that's yes. good. And no, it was very good. The jury went out. They were out hardly at all. They came in, and we get our <laughs> and, wonderful guilty song. Yes, well, it's 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 done as 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 if it's a, a spiritual. Yeah, it's a right? it's a you know revival church spiritual kind of song. Yes, because you see the jury, and then all of a sudden they're all dressed in their they're robes. all dressed in their the robes. The judge, the judge gets gets into the, his robes as well. That like yeah. they're all in it singing, and then and then the defense lawyer is singing as well. You're guilty, but it's um, you know, <laughs> I mean, so there's it's, this it's a wonderful song. moment. Like it really is, and it's yeah, energetic high. and it's fun. Yeah, and, and it then gets you we going. go from there. To like them having them torturing the driver to find out who the other guy in the car was. Damn. And that is the tonal shift. And that is the tonal shift that made it so people couldn't watch this show. Yeah, I think so. Like that tonal shift right there to go straight from like this, you know, this cop lying in court and a comedy and a wonderful rousing number and they're torturing this guy by forcing him by in a way that's not going to leave any marks by forcing him to drink more and more and more water and not letting him go to the bathroom. Yep. So he's in agony and all he has to do is give up the name of the other guy who was a car and he finally does. And this is the complicating factor. It turns out the other guy in the car was one of the guys who got kicked loose because the uh, jail was full. The jail was too full. Yep. Oh, damn. Yeah. Uh, so no. Okay. That's going to be a problem. Yes. So, me? Yeah. No, because doesn't Russo bring that up? Yes. Yeah. The jury thing is after the car chase. Oh, you're right. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we didn't. We we said yeah, it. No, before, I mean again. No. Uh, we just it's watched after. this, but you know, there some moments are more memorable than others. But yeah, no, the jury is after the car case. I'm sure you're right. Yeah, just but just after, not before the beating. Yeah. Right? And then we've but, got this issue. Uh, yeah, exactly. You're right. Uh, and then we've got this wonderful issue also going on, where uh, one of the cops, right? Uh, we've got. Rose is freaking out about his partner getting killed. Yeah. Rose is freaking out and, you know, his captain, who, by the way, is the guy who would go on to play, uh, like the captain on NYPD Blue, still, uh, Arthur Fancy's boss. So there you go. Same actor, uh, came oh, yes. back for NYPD Blue. Cause again, Bochco likes who he likes and he did a perfectly good job in both. But where, uh, you know, he it set, tells him, you know, call your wife, go home. Uh, you know, obviously you can't hack it right now. It's incredibly traumatic. Your partner getting killed in front of you. But, and also the other two people driving a car, right, are this, uh, young man and young woman, Officer, uh, Quinn, and I'm trying to remember the name of the other guy. Andy? Anyway, uh, and he is just constantly hitting on her. And she doesn't really seem to have that much of a problem with it. Well, not sort of. He, no. Well, yeah. she's not. 
she's not telling him. She's not telling him stop, stop in any real way. Yeah. She's like, oh, it's inappropriate. Yeah, but in a playful way, you're saying it's inappropriate. It, it would be an unre- uh, uh, exaggeration to say that she does not like his attentions. And that is the, that is the relationship you're getting between them. So, uh, they get Kathleen Will Hoyt to tell them where the guy might be, right? Where the killer might be in exchange for her getting kicked on the charge and getting her baby back. And, uh, this is interesting because she's happy to get her baby back and promises she'll cut down. Like, yes. oh, Jesus. Uh, and then, like, uh, the officer's like, no, you've got to stop entirely. And she's like, well, I'll try. It's real downer of a scene. But everything with this character is a real downer. Well, this, yes, and it is a real downer. And why? Like, today, the baby would never be given back. No, no. Presumably, the baby would never be given back. But then again, like, in a, situ- in a situation, you can say... Well, I mean, they are dropping all charges against her, so maybe they got no reason to hold on to the baby, but you'd think they would do an investigation. But they need them to not well, do an investigation because of next episode, which we'll get to next episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they go and they track down. And this is how fast this episode moves. Like, so much happens in this episode. Uh, they track down the guy, and they so some cops see him at the place that Kathleen Wilhoyt said, right? And they rush in after him, and they bust him, and they search the place, and they find his gun. And then Russo gets there with his partner, and says, "Ah, uh, you didn't wait till we had the warrant." Now here's here's funny. Yeah. You're it's so it's so strange because I watched it yesterday. You just watched it today, I yeah. assume. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is hard to keep everything straight. The timeline, because, yeah. No, because she she's the one that does come back, and yeah. they she wants fifty bucks. She wants a hundred bucks, and and she, you know. That yes, it's the second time she comes back with the baby. Yeah, that they give you know, and she says yes, and we have no place to sleep. Oh no, yes, and and the last, the last tip she gave them didn't mm-hmm. get them to find. Uh, it's very confusing. I mean, I suspect the musical part of it makes it confusing. If we're, this is the second run through for us. Or yeah. for me, anyway. Oh, for me, too. Um, yeah. And the storyline is really solid. Mm-hmm. But I think the musical, because I think when you see the two of them in the car, she because then she goes home and her husband, who happens to be the crime scene Yeah, specialist, but that's after the shooting because he got introduced to us at the crime scene. Right, and then we go home and we see that that's her husband. No, but they she came home once before we see her with her partner in the car, right? No, because... no, no. We see them flirting with a the partner in the car, 
Right. She goes home and he sings the song, Why Did She Choose Me? Is that before the shooting? Yeah, that's before the shooting. My bad, my bad. All of that, because, because all of that, yes, is setting up the fact that they have this relationship and they are so different. She's so much younger than he is. Yeah, she's like 20 years younger than he is. Okay, and, and to be honest, I mean, they always, you know, Good-looking people get good-looking people. <laughs> I know. Is, is what they say, right? Yeah, absolutely. Sociologists will tell you, psychologists will people tell you. People match to their level of attractiveness. Yes. Okay. That's just, that's just a truth. Usually. And that's there are truth. always. Of course yeah. there's exceptions. And so, and so, and he doesn't under, but she married him. Of all of the, the men she could have chosen, she married me, and I don't know why, and I'm mm-hmm. not good-looking, and, you know, I'm balding, and I'm this, and I'm, Right. Oh, yeah. and so that, but that happens before the shooting. Okay. Right. So, it is slower because it's almost as if we you, we want to get to what happens to set everything off. I know, and it's such a key moment because it sets up their relationship stuff that's going to in- expand in the next episode. Yeah, and it's just going to keep getting worse. Yeah, that oh. I do remember. It gets keeps getting worse during the whole and it's a thing. I mean it's a good song. He sings it well and it's yes. this perfect Except, musical thing of letting us right into the character's heart. And what happens too though, it's really I like it's really good because they write the song for his voice. I mean yeah. Bochko must have spent a lot of time with well, this. Well the first episode it was done by Randy Newman. Newman, yes. And yes. he left after the pilot. Yeah, well, they couldn't afford to pay. No, they couldn't afford to keep Randy Newman on to do five songs a week. That would be insane. So the regular musical team did the rest of the show. But this is such a good song. It's almost like the first first season of um, Nashville. Right, and they lost Uh, stuff after the first season. Yeah, well, it it doesn't it doesn't continue to hold up after the first season. I will. Yes, they do get others. Other you get other songwriters in. Right. But the musical direction, um, the musical director and stuff changes. But anyway, okay. that's beside the point. This episode, yeah, because you're setting up that relationship, you know, um, because that's going to become critical down the road. We're still going to set up the main issue. Yeah. And it is. And to be fair, like, because the woman, you know, wants to tell them where the guy is and she wants 50 bucks and they say no you can't have the money because your last tip didn't, didn't pan out didn't pan out and the rest of it but i've got no place to sleep what am i going to do with me and my baby mm-hmm. and 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 the girl who is the the one that we were just talking about vicky. she's the cop vicky she says i'll get you into a program yeah. no they'll take my baby away Mm-hmm. Well, yes, they probably will while you're in the program. This is the days before they will potentially, sometimes, particularly when it's a baby. Yeah. Right? Um, they might let her keep the baby while she goes through withdrawal, but the withdrawal is so bad that that keeping the baby away isn't... It, it's, it's not a, an it's, option. Well, if you keep... No, if you keep the baby away, of course, that that is more of an incentive yeah, to get her. Yeah, you know, I'm saying keeping the baby is an option. It's more of an incentive for her to actually go through with it. 
to go through with it to get her baby, that doesn't mean that two weeks later she won't be back. Yeah, well, doing doing the dope again, but that is the danger. Well, because she doesn't do it well. If she doesn't, if as we know, if you don't do it willingly, it ain't going to happen. It's a, yeah. You so, have to make the decision to get well, as yes, they always and, say in these shows. Yeah. Anyway, so so what happens? So, so, so she yeah. goes out, and we and we don't see her again. But they do find him. Yeah. Because the guy that they have been torturing, sort of like weirdly torturing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's torture. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, it is because he does hit him eventually. Oh yeah, where it no, doesn't... even the forcing him to drink is torture. Oh no, 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 that's that that's it's fine. all torture, is my yeah. point. Right, and what happens is that he finally and he does. Now I don't know, can't remember who tells them where he is. Yeah. But they but race they there. Go, they go to get a warrant. Wait, they go and get a warrant. Yeah, they're you know, our Russo does go. They go to get a warrant. And they've sent a couple of cops to watch in a car out for the place. to watch out for the place. Yeah. And they see the guy who they think is the guy and they chase him in. And this is where we say, but they don't wait for the warrant. Yes. And, and so they, they go, go and running. They search, in. And as they said, they get their fingerprints all over the gun when they find it in the toilet tank. So now the gun is going to be inadmissible. Right. They just well, have the to whole thing is inadmissible because they have no exigent circumstances. Exigent circumstance to get in. And, but I mean, all the, the only thing they could arrest him on is eyewitness testimony that he's the one who do, did the shooting. But it's like, who saw him clearly? And how do you prove it? So they don't yeah. have any solid physical evidence against the guy anymore. And he's sure as hell. And the only thing who said, person who will say said he did it is a guy the cops tortured for the information. Yeah. So they're like, he's not getting away. So he's in handcuffs. Uh, Russo has his partner stand the guy. LaRusso has the guy, his partner stand the guy up, and then Russo executes him. Yep. And well, he ki- and he kicks the other cops out. Yeah, he kicks the other cops out first. And he does an give. No, he does give his partner a chance to say he wasn't there. Yes, and the guy says, "No, I'm here." Yep, I'm standing. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to the. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then we cut to the. Uh, the aftermath of the investigation, because this show moves fast, and the uh, the forensics guy is all ready to say, "Oh yeah, no, definitely he wasn't cuffed, and it's fine that he was reaching for his gun." Yeah, Even though there were, you know, as the captain says, fresh cuff marks on the body, and he's like, "Ah, oh, no, those are a couple of days old. They can look days, like that." Three for a days, of days old to to make it look as if it's from the bust at the start from of the episode, the earlier bust. Yeah. Yep. And then we get uh, speeches and by the... that's Vicky's husband. And that's Vicky's Just, husband, exactly. Yes. Covering for LaRusso. Yeah. Like, knowingly covering for a cop who just executed somebody. And being, you know... And the, the key is, and this is, by the way, uh, where you get the basis of the conspiracy. <laughs> I'm not saying OJ was framed. OJ did it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the uh, the thi- the reason that people believed there was a conspiracy to frame him, and it's like the de- uh, the prosecution tried to say, are you telling me that all these cops who had never met before coincidentally all got together and said, let's frame this guy? And the answer is, uh, they don't have to form a conspiracy. Cops cover up for other cops. They don't need to be asked to do it. They don't need to... 
be, you know, they, you don't need to have a meeting about it. Cops just cover up for other cops by default. It is their, like, it is their natural state of being is to cover up when other cops do wrong. They don't think about it. They don't talk about it. They just do it. And that's what the CSI guy is doing here. He's just like, yeah, I know what happened here. I know LaRusso executed this guy, but job one is to make sure you cover for other cops. Well, it's not only that. He, as far as he's concerned, it's a who cop cares? Killer. Who cares? Yeah. He killed a cop. He and... killed a cop. And I'm on their team. So who cares what happens to him? Like, yeah. The show is very clear-eyed in its presentation of cops. And then you get the good cop. Yeah, the but one anyway, good cop, the that's, captain. That's, yeah, well, we'll get there because, well, and the other because a lot unquote, happens good cop. in between. Yeah, we have the captain who, you know, does not like LaRusso and think LaRusso murdered this guy. Oh, LaRusso's got a, got, got a, got a, you know, a file. That's oh, yeah, you've got a long you know? file of all of the times he has gone outside the law to do stuff. And this guy wants Relu- LaRusso off the force because he thinks he's a bad cop. And spoiler alert, he is a bad cop, but he's a bad cop in the way that makes the public love him because he's yes. a tough guy who beats up scumbags. Yes. And that's what the public loves. Yeah. And then I think we this get is... the introduction. Oh, please. No, 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 go on. I was going to say, then we get the introduction of the mayor. Of the yes. police chief and the mayor and the police chief, uh, Ronnie Cox, who's fantastic in this. Yes. Oh my God. Gives his speech about how it's like, uh, how, you know, he's not going to cry any tears for a dead cop killer. Right. It's nice. And then we find out that, uh, the mayor, you know, any, that before, the mayor is going to be. Yes. No. Before, well, I was going to say, we go to the, we go to his office, right? And we, because I was looking at the cast, I'm like, why is Vondi Curtis Hall only in 11, uh, 10 episodes and everybody else is in 11? And that's because the part that, uh, Vondi Curtis Hall plays, the, uh, the lieutenant who is the, you know, assistant to the chief of police was played by Ernie Hudson in the pilot. Uh huh. Yeah, that was Ernie Hudson. And he's in one, he's like a scene and a half and he has like three lines. But I don't know why, but Ernie Hudson's not in the rest of the show. And, uh, you know, uh, Vondi Curtis Hall is. It's very strange. But yeah, they swapped out one actor from the pilot to the rest of the show. And they didn't reshoot it or anything. So they're like, that's fine. He just had a different guy in that episode. Or maybe they're even playing the same character. I did or, not or, check. Or maybe his assistant took a week's holidays and Ernie was exactly. just standing and in. Ernie Hudson was in. just there that one week. Uh, and then we see how the, the chief who's based on, um, oh God, what what was that guy's name? Gaines? The yes. LAP, Daryl Gates, Daryl Gates. Uh, the, yeah. the, 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 well, again, the guy who was the law and order guy and the clean up the streets guy and the dirty, hairy guy and the, I think I'm an old timey sheriff guy, right? Uh, a lot of this corruption so on the NYPD blue at the time. And so they've literalized that by having yes. him talk about his love for old timey six shooters. And having a shooting range in his office. <laughs> oh my god, it's so beautiful. Yes, I love but that. you see, before, again, the first episode has all these songs. Because before you see Barbara Boston and Ronnie Crux together, you see her, Yeah, the, how corrupt she is. 
Yes. Oh, no, no, that's after because they're they're together at the speech announcing that they're going to build a they're gonna, uh, new the, jail. The jail. Yes. That's... So this doesn't happen again. And then we cut to the office uh, of the guy bringing the bribe. Bringing the bribe that... to her to build the jail. I love that musical number. Yes. I love the bribe musical number. There's enough money to go around for everyone. Yeah, everybody gets a taste. There's enough to go yeah. around. <laughs> I love right. that musical number. Right? Such and that, great singing, because, such great dancing, such a nice little number. And it's like, yeah, she's completely corrupt. Yes, she's as completely corrupt yeah, as, as just about everybody as else. Everybody is now. else in this world. But at this point, you do not see whether or not Daryl Gates, the, the Ronnie Cox character, yeah. and any. I mean, yes, he's, he's weird. He's he a weirdo. wears a six shooter. Yep. He sh- he has a gallery shooting gallery uh, right? in his office. Yes, and we get get to see that he's got different things in his shooting gallery later on. I think in the second it's the episode, second episode that we uh, that we we'll talk yeah, about we see that, that because yeah. he doesn't have this is that initial between the two of them is really just. Yeah, it's a perfunctory um, scene for the most part. It's a perfunctory scene just to say, okay, yes, the, here, there's the mayor, there's the, there's yeah, here's the, the head chief, of the, he's chief the mayor. Of police. They're both yeah. they're both sounding really tough. She goes off, takes her bribe to get that jail built on that yep. particular ground. He goes back to his office, um, and then you have the beginning already of our captain, the only mm-hmm. good guy, reminiscent yeah. of. Sort of the guy in L, um, LA, LA Confidential, Confidential. Yeah. Right. The only good cop he wants to bring, he knows Russo did this. He knows LaRusso did it and he confronts him with it and LaRusso doesn't care. And no, Russo, not only does he not care, he does, you know, he doesn't say he did it, but, no, but they both know he did it. Yes. And he, so he's been talking to everybody. IA has already cleared him. Yep. He goes talking to um Peter um to Vicky's husband, the forensic guy. Right? Mm-hmm. Can't remember his name. He goes to talk to the forensic guy, and the forensic guy says it's lieutenant. Just remember, I'm a cop too. Yep. Because um it's th- this is the days before this massive CSI situation. Yep. Um, so where they set up these massive SI CSI departments. Mm-hmm. So he's so got a hole in the just, wall, you know, couple of guys. Yes, and a hole in the wall. It, yep. And so he wants he essentially to get threatens him. him. Yes. Yeah. And then we get the scene where he goes and threatens. He and goes from the wife until the second episode. Oh, okay. Second episode. Yeah. Okay. So he he basically yes, you know, everybody's going down for this. Yeah, is he's going to make sure LaRusso goes down and anyone who protects him is going down too. Yes, and um, nobody believes that. Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, the whole idea that, like, internal affairs, I often say that, like, the biggest uh, achievement of propaganda in fiction is uh, creating the idea that there is a group of people called internal affairs who are trying to put cops in jail. Oh yeah, like, you no, should see. That's not yeah. a real thing. Oh, there's a whole bunch of other things. This is what this is what is part of patriarchal equilibrium, yep. right? Okay, so we've got a we've got a challenge to our authority, which yeah. is right. Mm-hmm. So, okay, what do we do 
to still maintain our authority while it looks like we're it's taking care of business. It's called controlled opposition. Yeah, you know, um, controlling, I would say controlling the opposition by giving them something that they want, mm-hmm. but with an, uh, but you have to be able to take a look at, at all of that. And yes, this I, business of IA, um, and of course, why then all cops, because most, I don't know. I mean, you see it everywhere. Most cops, yeah. very seldom. It's only sort of starting out. Like, there's something weird that happened sort of with the COVID and the rest of it, that there are these bigger trials. I mean, like the guys oh, in yeah. Minnesota, you know, who you know, doing this, getting away with this stuff forever and ever and ever. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, something changes in the wind. Yeah, something yeah. changes in the culture, and they just start demanding accountability. And now we've yeah. got situations where, on tape, we have this cop, uh, you know, crashing into this girl's car and killing her, and joking about it. Yeah, like just a civilian killing somebody in a car crash and like making jokes about it ten minutes later, because again, he doesn't see anybody who's not another cop as human. He is a complete monster, and it's like. How many of these cops are out there? It's, uh, yeah, it is, um. It's scary. And the only, and the funny thing is, is that the only way to deal with those types of cops is to put the fear of God into them. Yeah. Is to make sure that you do follow through and you do prosecute and, yeah. you know, um, and win. Show them actual consequences. Yes. There are going to be consequences if you don't. Well, no, I mean the uh the the real the the thing that gets me is in many ways the real thing to do is again just start over just fire all well, the yes, cops and well, start from scratch to some ex- to some extent it, that's what sort of like get rid of the police what do they call it you know just fire the entire police department yeah yeah fire the whole department and start from scratch break those police unions that's yeah. right. Police shouldn't be able to have a union. But you know what? We'll talk about it. I'm sure that'll come up later, too. Well, if the government would give them pensions and all the rest of it. It's just oh, like yeah. the Teamsters. Yeah. Never mind. No, I mean, it's uh, like... I mean, unions... If, if, how do I put this? If your job is fighting for the bosses, you shouldn't be allowed to have a union. Because then you're well, using unions to destroy unions. Well, no, and that's exactly... It, it, that's exactly the big problem, right? When mm-hmm. Oh... The history of unionization is difficult in any country that where workers have decided that they are going to band together and and demand a decent wage, demand a decent living. Mm-hmm. Um, it but, can go real bad real fast. Yes, but it, I, you know. Um, uh, anyway, it's um. But well, let's get back to cop rock. Yeah, I, I don't want starts. Uh, we'll have more union talk in the future, I'm sure, because you know, in real life, the uh, writers' strike just ended, and spoiler alert: the union got everything they wanted. The union got everything they wanted, and not only that, Criminal Minds will be back in 2024. Oh, thank God! I I have read this, All and right. yes. yes, that is fantastic. So episode two starts with the funeral for the dead cop. And uh, Officer Rose, James McDaniel, yeah. gets just a great song. Yes, that was 
you know, and then you see the two cops who are the, the Vicky and her partner yeah. sitting there as these are saying, because it's clear that she has feelings for him. Mm-hmm. And it's a song about being able to say, I love you. Yes. And so now it's reflecting back on them and we're like, oh, hell. Yeah. And it's, it is, um, it is hard because, yeah, it's just hard. And why? Never mind. We'll we'll get into that. But yes, yep. the song was just, it opens up with a beautiful song. Such a beautiful song. And, um. Beautiful song. Great performance. Right. Uh, and then, of course, we have the, the mayor, uh, you know, taking the spotlight and undercutting the chief. And that is what leads to the uh, wonderful reveal that among the, in his shooting range, he's also got a standee of the mayor that he can <laughs> yeah. shoot whenever he feels like it. Because uh, he doesn't like there being a woman in charge. No. Wh- why can't we go back to the days where women, where, where you could just. <laughs> no, he gives a whole speech about how home. women needed to know their place. Yes. Like, oh, my you God. You can ride them as hard as you want and let them go. Well, no, not let them go. Put a bullet in their head when they run that's out. That's it. Yeah. That's the line. Yeah. You, know, you're just you can going, ride them okay. as hard as you want and put a bullet in their head when they run out. Like, oh my God. And now the point is that he's an old timey sexist cowboy scumbag, but it's just so weird to hear it so nakedly. Yeah. And it is. And I think that's, if, if we're starting to talk, it may not just be the musical because it's- he has set up Everyone in this show so far, except for the cop, the yeah, captain. Yeah, literally, except for the captain. Yes. Now we don't know because even even the the young guys who Russo kicked out. Yeah. Though they're going, I always, you know, the one guy isn't. If he he's sitting on the fence, mm-hmm. clearly, because he doesn't. You know, he didn't know anything. He didn't see anything. All he can report is that he got kicked out. Yeah. Well, no, and I love when he reports that he's got kicked out. He literally, like, writes, uh, you know, Russo said we were idiots. and that we Yeah, he wrote it all. He literally wrote everything the guy said. Yeah. It's a really nice touch. Yes, like, because he's, it he's was true. the right thing. Yeah, he's just like, no, I mean, he's trying to do the right thing in all situations. Well, but he's also, but he was also highly incompetent. So oh, the highly incompetent. Yes. competency is what, what could get him kicked off the force. Yes. So, okay. Yeah. N- now you're setting up a little something here again, too. Yeah. Like it is not, um, not good because it's near the beginning of this episode where we do now, where do we see? Oh, it's in the church. Yeah. Where Russo goes up to the forensic guy mm-hmm. and says, "Can I count on you?" Yeah, and the guy says, "I'm not answering that. I did what I did. I yeah. said what I said this already." Is a and if that between us, I'm just doing what I'm doing. And if that's not good enough, well, you'll just have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. You and know, it's after and... that that the captain, after the captain, you know, sees the two of them talking. It's after that he goes to Vicky, and this yeah. is where he threatens Vicky and saying that Russo's going down no matter what, and if your husband goes down with him, that's him losing his job, 
right? That's his losing his job, not retiring, not getting his pension. That's him being fired and maybe going to jail. For three years, maybe eight. Yeah. And it's like, so again, coming after him. Yeah. And uh, this, of course, leads Vicky, who then uh, has, they're starting to investigate this robbery and she and her kind of love interest have a musical number about the good life. And yes, like, I was. It's it's a funny enough number, but you're watching it you know, like, I I, oh. I wonder why this needs to be in here. <laughs> yeah, it didn't need to be in there. Like, I don't even know uh, right up to the end. Yeah. Like, that's an episode that somebody thought, okay, this is a good place to put an episode Well, they need to put in a song. And all you can say about it, and this is the problem with the song, is it should have been about their attraction to one another. Yes. And then imagining playing house. Mm-hmm. But it's not. No, it's not. It's just a generic thing about the good life. And it's like, you, you're taking this moment between the, the two of them where they could be imagining that this is their house and this is their life, but it's, it's so heightened in just about the idea of the good life, it doesn't hit on any kind of an emotional level. No. And, and that's it w- a problem with the song. Well, yeah, it's a problem with the song. Yeah, it it should have been because what happens after when Vicky does finally get home, what happens after this song? Yeah. So whoever wrote the song just didn't get what they needed to write. Yeah. Um, and the person, so she gets home and she confronts her husband mm-hmm. with what the captain said and he just doesn't respond. Basically, and he leaves her sitting there, and then she gets her solo about why she married him. Yeah, and about how, and it's like, oof. Oh, dear. Okay. Just like, what the hell was her childhood that she was just looking for someone to make her feel safe? Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. So, you know, there it is. And she could always trust him and he would never lie to her and, and all of suddenly, those things. Now, he didn't lie. He just did not affirm. Yeah. He did not deny. And the key part here is that should have, like, her being forced into this doubt about her marriage should have come right after, or even right before. Either way, there's uh, value in it, her fantasizing about this life with the other guy. Well, I, well, I think it's good though to have it before. No, it'd be better because, if it was before. You're right. You know, yes, because putting it before, if it had been just the right song, now we're critiquing musicals, right? <laughs> God help us. I um, know, I know. We're, I know. we're cr- cr- critiquing musicals, but it is true that yeah. if you want it, you what that musical needed to be was the fact that she was attracted to him, yeah. really attracted to him, and but. You know, and but she's committed to her husband, right? And, and we don't understand exactly be. why. The audience is just like is just like he is. Like, how the hell did the two of them get together? And then, boom, you get home and you get the disillusionment with her husband because her husband's keeping secrets from her. Yeah, right. And then you get the song about why they got together. That's how you structure this. Yes. So yeah, exactly. Like having yeah. having that silly song in there. It's not that it, it's a terrible song, because the song's fine. It's that they were losing their chance to do something important for the characters. Yes. If you're That's going to assume that music, all the, the rationale for the music in this show 
is to expound on the characters. Yes. Then they lost a moment here, which would have had them almost kissing and then her going no and that whatever. Right. Yeah. No. And then boom, you come back and, oh, but things aren't so great at home, giving more context to why she's fantasizing about, about this guy. Because she's, guy. as she says, there's not a lot of passion, but exactly. I'm safe. Yep. Yes. There you and... go. So yeah, I mean, it's, it, they, her song about why she's married to this guy still really works. Still a really good song. It's, yes. And it's, it is. And it very... serves exactly what it needs to do. And, and yeah. as you say, structurally, it it is just the right moment because we need to know why they're together. Just they should have had a better song beforehand to try and make this hit even harder than it does. Yes, because you that yes, because you still don't know. Like it may be a silly. I mean, to us, the audience, it still looks like a silly attraction. Yeah, exactly. You know that this guy is just insisting, mm-hmm. and that she's denying. Yes, but it's still up to this point, right? And you knew, and that captain, I tell you, what he did, and so that leads us. Then, I mean, I mean, I think in terms of trying to tell us, the captain gets to go home. He has his sort of things. He's trying to get people to um, flip on Russo. Who's mm-hmm. going to flip on Russo? Nobody yeah, thinks that's, that's the issue. He's dealing. You know, He's talk. He's talking with with Joshua, and but but why would Joshua? Yeah, Rousseau killed on. the man who killed his partner. Yeah, and his partner had a wife and two children, and we saw them at the funeral. Mm-hmm. Like like they're really laying this on. But I think oh, the yeah. music probably is a bit distracting for the like when a I'm little, thinking yeah. about the audience. Um, but like we saw the wife and the children. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and how hard this is going to have to be on them. This guy had been married for at least 10 or 12 years, like 12, yep. 10 years. I mean, the, the oldest is maybe eight. Something you know? like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you can see it and it is just heart wrenching. So the, here's the captain trying to get, uh, trying to get Russo put away for this. Yeah. Russo put away for this. And Joshua's just like, uh, of course not. Uh, why are you talking to me? <laughs> Why are you even talking to me? And then the captain gets to go home and have his song. Yeah. Um, well, no, that's at the end. Is that right at the end? I think, isn't it right no, at the end? Because, because, oh, no, you... No, isn't it... Or do they come back? Because the last scene in the episode is the forensic guy coming to see the captain. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's right where the, the So before we get is. there, okay. we get the wonderful uh, oh. Officer Rose's new partner. Oh, that's yes. He tells yes. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm yeah, yeah. sorry. That Officer was my Rose's bad. new partner, who is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. The world's most positive <laughs> cop. He reminds me of Bakersfield partner. Exactly. No, he's he's like Wade from Bakersfield PD. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there he is singing Motown songs, and yeah. can you get this one? You and almost. Course- I mean, it's it's so close to Wade <laughs> saying how I've yeah. always wanted to have an African American partner. partner. And because notice- that's how TV was like in the seventies. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone being like, "Oh, you finally got your dream of having an African American partner." <laughs> it's so. I mean, it really Bakersfield is. PD was another perfect TV show that got canceled. Just FYI. <laughs> I tell you. 
It was so funny. And, yeah, and but watching him, so there, but he's, but this guy's Motown. into Motown <laughs> and he just loves it all and he's singing. And then at one point he says, Oh, and the Supremes. And he goes, Stop. And the poor Joshua, he slams oh. on the brakes. He's trying to sing Stop in the Name of Love. Franklin. Right? Franklin. Yeah. Franklin. Yeah, Franklin. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, right, <laughs> just dance on the brakes. No, he's singing. It's fine. <laughs> And they're, of course, they're a fantastic parent. Yes. And then again, he can't stand it. Of the course. captain says, no, no, you're going to stick with this guy. Well, I don't like it. You, it's only been one ride, right? Yeah, I know. You know, no, sorry. You're going to have to stick with him until I say you don't. Yeah. And, and then we get the key scene that shows just how troubled Franklin is yes. and just what kind of guy this is. Because they go and he's like, oh, this guy's trying to get into his car. And so his partner's like, oh, well, we'll just open that for him. Right. And then. Uh, well, because he left the lights on. Yeah, he left the lights on. So we're going to, you know, we're going to fix that for him. So he doesn't, his battery doesn't die. And then yeah. the guy comes out and he's yelling at the cops and he accused them of scratching the paint. And Franklin goes nuts and starts trashing the guy's car. <laughs> Smashes yes. his side view mirror. Yep. And it's quickly becoming a thing because all over the street, people are watching this happen. And we remember the first episode and it's a bad situation. So what is our, what does this new partner do? Just offers to pay for the car. Like, hey, says, it's no, our fault. So why should I pay I'm for it? I'm going to write you, I'm going to write you a paint. I'm going to write you my name and my address. You just send me the bill and yeah. don't get any of that cheap stuff. Don't yeah, worry. Like, no, don't don't go. worry about going to get multiple quotes. Just. Go to a guy who you know can do the job and then send me the bill. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, it's such a nice moment. No, and, it was such a and, wonderful and, scene. And Franklin Rose is just so absolutely shocked by this guy. Mm -hmm. He's shell-shocked at how this cop is interacting with the community. Yeah. Because that is not how they are trained to interact with the community. <laughs> no. Well, that's the whole point. Yeah. Oh, it's just so terrible. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll be talking more about it later on. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. But that scene, that scene works well. There's yeah. no question. And they didn't break into songs. So nope. thank God, because we'd already had enough Motown, you see. We didn't need a song here. Yeah. We didn't need a song here because, because he was always either singing or humming. what's going on. Exactly. Yeah. And it's clear enough what's going on with this character via his actions that you don't yes. need to, him to explain himself. Which will presumably happen in another episode soon enough. Yes. Then we get, uh, the most important scene of the episode because it sets up what's going forward. Uh, Vincent LaRusso going and hiring a lawyer. I love this scene. This and one it's I did Sid. It's, it's Sid Royce. Sid from, Sid Royce from Wise Guy playing Sidney Whites. Yeah. Effectively the same character. And yep. if you're wondering, uh, why this scene sounds familiar? It's because effectively Botchko would use this scene, not word for word, but close enough to it when, um, uh, when Amy Brennanen gets, uh, hires Daniel Benzali to defend her in NYPD Blue, which yeah. I just rewatched, right? I was just rewatching yes. that season. I'm like, yeah, this is the same scene. 
it's just a different actor playing the cop, uh, the <laughs> lawyer. The but lawyer. like he's essentially playing the same character Daniel Benzali played on uh, NYPD Blue. Yeah, and it's such a good scene. And again, you have never seen something uh, more clearly be a deal structured as a deal with the devil. Then it's like, how am I going to pay you? I get half of your life rights. Yeah. For the rest. And it's like, uh, and how long would that last? Like for you, any stories about this, any character based on you appearing in fiction, I get 50% of the money for that. And I make all of the deals. And Lou Russo's like, uh, for how long? And he's like, forever. Yeah. Till you die. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> but that's the point. Cause it's a deal with the devil. Yeah. <laughs> he's taking half of your soul, please. <laughs> well, yes, and he's only got half his soul left from if, I know. if from what we can tell. But yeah, like um, Or does he ha is it almost all? Yes. Spoiler alert. Uh this trial, like this and again, the boldness of how this show is structured. Mm -hmm. The entire first half of the season is about the ramifications of LaRusso shooting that guy in the pile. The in, like, that's the main run through of is him executing this guy. Like, nobody gets left off the hook. It's nope. what the show is about. Mm -hmm. And there's a price to pay for every deal you make with the devil. So expect to see a lot more of Sid going forward. And we love Sid. We adore so him. Come on. <laughs> We're very happy that it's Sid in this part. As he was Elvis. <laughs> oh, God. Elvis and Priscilla Prem. Oh, my God. <laughs> what an episode. Anyway. But, yeah. It's uh, it's it's a great scene. And now, at the end of the... Oh, the main plot in this episode, because there is a... There is a... You know, I'm trying to catch somebody. There was that robbery, and then the... Um, the... The, what do you call it? The maid and her boyfriend are the ones who did it. And yeah. they, he just pretended to beat her up and then they arrest him. I mean, it's like, that's not what we're here for. No, it was, well, it, but it's interesting because Russo does back off. He does back off. Yeah. He backs he, off. He's going to basically threaten to rape her. Yeah. And, it's brutal. And, and his partner just looks at him and says, I'm out of here. Yeah. And Russo does back off. So oh, Russo yeah. will, and he finds another way. I mean, it's still sleazy. To threaten her. Yeah. It's still sleazy. You know, yeah, but he his also partner's gives like, her. you've gone too far. And so he's dialing it back because of what's going on in his life. And what happens, of course, is that he gives her an out by saying, I'm sure that, that he just forced you into this. Yeah. Right. And he's so, telling her a story. That, that allows she can her to tell. write. Yeah. And the crazy part is, like, he's telling her a story that she can tell to minimize her involvement and hopefully, yeah. you know, get her to sign a confession. And it's like, and as they always do, not, she, he's not giving her a deal. No. He's saying, if you write down a confession, be sure to shape it this way so you get more favorable stuff later. And again, yeah. as someone who's watching NYPD Blue right now, like, I've seen this scene 50 times on NYPD Blue. <laughs> And this is, and on Cop Rock was the first time I had seen a cop do this on television of like, well, let me, yeah, yeah, of, it, of going yeah. forward and getting someone to confess by saying, here's how you shape your confession to get yourself some sympathy down the line. Yes. And that and being how cops interact. And I'm like, that's, 
it's it's so weird that that kind of interaction between cops and criminals is how is like the bread and butter of the writing in NYPD Blue. And I'm watching the first time I ever saw it on television on an episode of Cop Rock. You and I always said that like NYPD Blue is in many ways just Cop Rock without the music. Yeah. And it really is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's funny, eh? Because, uh, when we, when we watched it all before, right? And, and why, but I, uh, the comment I was going to make is, yes, you know, Stephen Bochco isn't playing favorites. They're as corrupt in New York as they are in Los Angeles. <laughs> Lots yeah. of corrupt co- In the first season, I mean, it got toned down later, but in the first season of NYPD Blue, there's a thing where, like, a cop is also the super of a building. And he's been sabotaging it and people have died because he's trying to get people out of rapid controls of uh, controlled apartments so the developer can jack up the prices, right? Yeah. And all of the other cops are really mad at John Kelly for having, like, arrested another cop, even yeah. though he's killed people. And it's like framed as he's going to have to explain himself to the squad for bringing in a murderer because that murderer was a cop. Yeah, it it is. It is a very it's, you know, uh, it was a very skeptical show, too. Oh, yes. I I really. Well, I mean, it just started. I mean, come on. I mean, how policing started. Yeah. Wherever it's starts it mm-hmm. it seems that it's very problematic um, oh absolutely particularly in the countries that didn't have like i don't know what policing is like in germany after the war yeah. but i suspect you know there was a whole bunch of ways they set up policing that ended up being quite different than <laughs> it would have been prior to say to the, the least. war and um so but yeah, in the States, you know, and you had all of these wonderful pictures of all of these, mm-hmm. you know, these, and, and all these guys are, I mean, I mean, the Brian Cox being the cowboy thing is so right. Because Ronnie all, Cox. you know, hmm? Brian, Brian, Ronnie Cox, uh, Brian Cox is Hannibal Lecter. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. No, Ronnie Cox. Sorry. Um, yeah. Him, the, the idea of the sheriff. Right? Yes. Of a cop. And it's like, that that's at the heart of his character. He wants to be an old-timey cop. And I will tell you, Americans do not like their myths of the West to be destroyed. Yeah. And it is, it is really, I mean, that's at the core of the split. I would, one of the cores of the split uh, between sort of that middle and the East and the West and the yeah. Uh, this, whatever you want to call it, left right split. I don't like to call it that. Um, it's just socially conscious split. Um, yeah. and then it's, it's like, okay, you know, we get to do whatever we want split. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and well, no, because... it's a like, do you have a responsibility to other people split is what it yes. is. And that's, it's, that's what it is. Yes. And the interesting thing is when you, I mean, even though we people castigate Eastwood, he has done mm-hmm. some really interesting things about Hang 'em High is a real a real yeah. look at that issue. 
because mm-hmm. he was always a law and order man, except that a bunch of po- a posse of guys who thought he had ha- had wrestled some of th- their cattle, which he yeah. hadn't. He just happened to be riding on a horse the wrong place, wrong time. Mm-hmm. And they almost hung Well, he almost died. They hung yeah, him, they left him, him to he die. Died. Yeah. yeah. And he almost died. And then he gets brought into the jail, right? <laughs> yeah. And the whole, but that whole mission, um, I, I, We've talked about this before. I've talked about Blood Meridian before, which is just a horrible piece. But yeah. there are pe- a horrible piece of literature. It is mm-hmm. just ghastly. Um, it's got to be a critique of the horrors of Western justice before. Yeah. And, you know, so is the idea, like, now that I'm thinking about it, Cormac McCarthy's idea somehow or another, therefore... We've got yeah sure we've got problems with cops now but it could could be a lot worse <laughs> could, you know well, that's true you, you know, could always I, have the judge running things yeah you could always have the judge running things um <laughs> the same thing when you look at Deadwood the same thing when you look at uh, yeah, but it's that. when you look at the James brothers and when you look at all of these heroes they created like Wyatt Earp mm-hmm. and then the hero Davy Crockett now that wasn't because he was sort of corrupt but. They screwed up. They created a myth out of the Alamo, for God's sake. Yeah. Um, you know they did a they did a Jesus thing with that. You know, yeah. turned what should have been a a a thing that you pushed down and into pretend your, it never happened. Pretend it never and they happened. Turned it into a founding myth. Yeah, it turned it into a founding myth for Texas, mm-hmm. and um. And never mind. I'm not going down that road right now. And we watched. And if you watched, if you watched us um, when we did um, the werewolf one, ravenous, uh, Wendigo one, yeah, Wendigo, yes, not yes. I always wanted to go there. The Wendigo, right? Yeah. Ravenous, the same thing. They're, these are critiques mm-hmm. of of the founding myths of America. Yep, and. Um, it's it's but it's very hard. People sometimes don't see it, and certainly mm-hmm. Stephen Bochco. This is this is a complete cur- critique of the system. Yeah, a complete. No, it really no, is. People, and yeah. the the weird part is right. And this is the the tension at the heart of something like NYPD Blue, where uh, it it wants to critique policing. And like, there's so much corruption, there's so much backbiting, there's so much infighting, there's so many cops who are bad at their jobs. But at the same time, they want to create a world where there are salaciously nightmarish murders every week. Yeah. I'm like, but there just aren't that many salaciously nightmarish murders. (laughs) Like the amount, like the amount of crime that is in this 15th precinct in New York. It's just insane. They're solving two murders a week. I'm like, there can't be that many murders in New York. You know, if I do my math right, that means, you know, like that's that's 50 murders a year, just this one squad. That's crazy. Um, I'd go back and look at the statistics. But just one squad. No, that's true. Just one that's squad. That's, that would be the whole city. Right. The yeah. whole city was having like seven, eight hundred murders a year. Sure. But you're telling me this one squad in this one precinct is dealing with 50 of them. 
maybe more because oftentimes multiple bodies drop in an episode not just like two different murders going on but it's like one guy will kill five people in an episode like it's kind of insane yeah just lots and uh it it does portray new york as this like insane crime ridden hellhole well i think it was for a while it was for a long time. That's what Hill Street Blues is about. The time yeah. when, you know, New York almost went bankrupt and the the city was collapsing and there was so much poverty that there was crime everywhere. Mm-hmm. But like by the 90s, that stuff was try- starting to calm down. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, not, it's, it's very interesting that. to look at. This this show is so weird because it is trying to do that. Yeah, it, it is, is definitely critiquing. One hundred percent. This is critiquing the police. Yes, and trying to do it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Bochco kind of thought in his head it would make it more palatable. Yes, but instead, it's this tonal whiplash that we have such a hard time wrapping our head around. Yeah. So, because what we have is, so then uh, the captain goes home and he mm-hmm. gets his song about why he does all of this, right? Yeah. Uh Right, you know, it's like how his, he does this it's yeah. so that he can come home and have, like, a happy home life. And so his wife can be protected. And so the suburbs are safe. And you're like, oh, damn. Well, yes. And then her his wife's part of the song is, well, it's really tough being a cop's wife. And yeah. it's really boring. Like, it's, you know, and always worrying and boring and this and that. And, and then she says, yes, but but, you know, I can do it because when you come home, they have that. That it's a, it's a nice song. I Neither really one like of that them, duet. Like it's really interesting because it does show you that neither one of them like the life they're living. Nope. But they they manage to ignore the lives they're living at this point. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it, and and just pretend that everything yeah. is fine in this little house, and then. The forensic guy knocks on and the door. Comes and knocks on the door and says that, okay, that he's not taken back what he says, said about the handcuffs. But. He's not going to change his report. But Russo claimed that the guy was reaching for his gun when he got, when he shot him. And the bullet trajectories don't make sense for that. This is bullet trajectories coming from someone shooting somebody head on. Yeah. Standing so, is what he said. Standing, standing and head on and facing straight on. Yeah. And, and that he can't, is enough. He can't get around that. And yeah. he says, and he's trying to do that to get his wife back. Yeah, exactly. And we know he, this. He needs to get his wife back. But more importantly, he needs to also not admit he did anything actionable. Because So he's not saying I did anything wrong or I found anything wrong. He's saying I found new evidence. Yep. That suggests that you could be right about this. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, uh, but then he goes and he reminds and he threatens the captain saying, don't you dare ever come through my wife again. Mm-hmm. And then one last thing. We check in with Kathleen Wilhoyt sell, uh, singing a beautiful little song oh, to her baby was... who she then sells for $200. Oof. Yeah. You know, and this guy's going, yes, they're good people. See, they even gave me a baby, a car seat for the baby. Jesus. And I'm just going, oh, my oh, God. Oh, no. well, we know this is going somewhere. Yeah. So the, here's the thing. It's a great show. 
Like it's it's a really 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 great show. Like the performances are there. The songs, they're good songs, you know, not used as well as they could have as we said. But one like, we've got a problem with. One we've got a problem with. The rest are fine. Yep. Like but the drama is so interesting and the actors are doing such a great job with it and it's clearly ramping up to say such interesting things about policing in Los Angeles. Yeah. And you're like, I, I just wish this show had run forever. Well, the thing is, is the music is a distract, ends up being a distraction because the show, we are now watching another show that is very, 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 um, bleak. It's like, it's like watching Touching Evil. British Touching Evil. Yes. I can see that. I see where you make that comparison. And, but it's almost as dark as the, but it's, it's darker. It could potentially be darker than the American Touching Evil. It wouldn't surprise me. Because when did we get the, um, Oh, what is the show? What is the show about the cop? Is that, what was, who, oh God, you know, the cop who's corrupt that ran on HBO. Was that the, was that the guy who was the commish? Oh, the shield. No, the shield shield was on FX, but yes. The shield. Yeah. That is, that is, that is also trying to do this, but I think, I mean, like I look at this and it was funny when, when I was thinking sometime this morning, um, and I was thinking, you know, it's in some ways misconceived. It's like, um, La La Land. You never saw it, right? No. Well, I haven't. Um, I will say that. This show does better with it's at integrating least got, the music. Integrating the music, they should have this guy. The guy who wrote La La Land should have watched Cop Rock. Probably couldn't <laughs> access it. Um, this show integrates it better. It also has like the it's I'm guilty, and the streets are ours. Like the first basically major songs, yeah, actually do tell you right. Because La La Land is trying to do that, and I would say it is only successful at it once. And, um, yeah, it's when this woman is going to get her big break and, um, and she sings this song that it actually, actually touched me emotionally. And that's what you want things to do. They don't have to make you cry. They can make you really laugh. They can make you care. It just care. has to connect. Yes. Like you, if you want that kind of a show, go watch Guys and Dolls. Yeah. Like uh, not the big flashy musicals, like not the, some of, some of the things are just, you know. Phantom or not, Cats or something. You know. Yeah. This, Guys and Dolls, those people all, right? Somehow or another, the songs that they're singing, mm-hmm. you know, fit the message and here Bochco is trying to make the songs 
personal. And I think La La Land was trying to do that because I was really hard on La La Land. I, I just said, not worth, not worth, not, not worth the celluloid that it's, well, it's not on celluloid anymore, I but suppose. Yes, not worth the space on a hard drive it takes up. Yeah, not worth the space on a hard drive it takes up. Mm-hmm. Um, simply because it, musicals do have to somehow or another, it's be like, it's it, but Whedon did it successfully. But oh, then yeah. the whole show, was just music and it was people's emotions. <clears throat> that was successful. You couldn't do that with a cop show. And mm-hmm. besides what they're talking about in some ways is so horrendous. Like, I mean, the, the Barbara Boston taking all this money, right? Yeah. And, and you, you're seeing her so corrupt. And I just, yes. Just so it, casually too. Yes, and it you just it's just par for the course. It's just an everyday operation. Um and you look at it and you just go, Oh my god, how am I gonna follow these people? And even even the good captain, by the end of it, when he threatens our forensic guy's wife, when he threatens Vicky. Yeah. You know? And he almost wants to justify it, right? And then he looks at the forensic guy's case. Like, but what he's thinking to himself, if I try and justify what I did, uh, this guy's going to back off. Yeah. I, I'm sure that that's in, you know, you can see in his face, oh, I better not say anything. Uh, okay. Because he mm-hmm. went too far. And so yeah. is, is this thing with Russo, he probably has never liked Russo, but is this thing with Russo going to become so obsessive? And that's that's what all of that scene is leading up to, that it's going to destroy his marriage, his life. Yep, and you that's know? what we're going to see. Yeah, and that's what we're going to watch. So I would say the music does tell you those things. Oh, yeah. There are other ways to do it if you want to make your point. It becomes distracting because... The, that, and to end this second, oh, when she's singing the song to her baby. Oh, I know. You know, and I'm just going, yeah, she, and sold her rather than give her to social services. Mm-hmm. Sold the baby. And I, I just, and I don't even remember, like, I remember parts of the storyline. I don't remember all of it. I yeah. do remember that the song started to get worse. That when when Barbara Boston and Ronnie Cox get together, that song is memorable. Yeah. Um, and I think it probably makes a really good album, but it's not as good as Blazing Glory at telling the story. No. Like you couldn't make an album of this and tell the story of Cop Rock. The show, yeah, the way the you show. can with Blaze of Glory. Blaze of Glory, Glory tells you the story. Of Young Guns 2 from beginning to end. All the way end. through from beginning to end. Yeah, yeah, even though not all the songs are in the movie. No. And they're, and certainly their background in the movie, they're not <laughs> part of. No, I mean, well, that's the thing. They asked yeah. him to, uh, they asked, they asked Bon Jovi for the rights to use Wanted De- Dead or Alive. Yeah. And he said, how about instead I write you a concept album? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. And he, he, and that man didn't win an Oscar. And he was robbed. 
he was robbed. The idea that, like, Blaze of Glory, a song he still plays in concert and everyone still loves, lost to whatever it was. Hey, Postcards from the Edge. Oh, yeah, Postcards from the Edge. The song from that she sings in Postcards from the Edge? That's insane. It, it totally and completely That's insane. That's actually insane. But and everybody I, loved Debbie Reynolds, and everybody loves Shirley MacLaine, and everybody, and everybody loves, loves Carrie what's her Fisher. Face? Carrie Fisher. So I know, Carrie, but uh, it's, it was it's just no. frustrating. It was very, very frustrating, though, All sir. Right, so we're yep. gonna cut it here. We'll be back next week for two or three more episodes of uh, Cop Rock. Probably end up being three, just because. The songs mean there's not that much plot in every episode. Yeah, that's the other problem. Yeah. That's the other problem is you could get... Anyway, we'll talk about that We'll talk after about that next. as we go. As we go. Uh, so yeah, join us back here next week for probably three episodes. Uh, sorry, yes, next Tuesday, because Thursday is going to be the first episode of Millennium. Probably the first two episodes of Millennium, now that I say that out loud. Yeah. Uh, so that should be fun. Join us here next Thursday for that, and Tuesday for more Comp Rock, which again, you can watch all of Comp Rock on, you can watch all of Comp Rock on YouTube right now. Yeah, you just have to find Comp Rock, you just don't try and find it on your, on your YouTube music, which, um, it will just I bring have, you the album. It was, just go to regular YouTube. Yeah. It's right there. Enjoy. Yeah, because it was, I made Which that. Which I can almost guarantee that you will. Yes. It, 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 you know, and see if you agree with us that there's, like, anyway, we'll talk more about we'll it as, as we, we go, go along. Yeah. But for now, if you have any questions, if you have any, sorry, uh, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling related fiction you'd like us to check out, drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. If you're listening to this on an app or podcatcher, please be sure to rate and review. That's how people find the show. We'll see you back here for more Cop Rock next time. Until then, I'll say that's right. Au revoir. And have a good five days till the next time. 